He scopes out the present, shakes out the past, and keeps an eye out on the future. This is the Racing with Bruno podcast. Now, from Lexington, Kentucky, here's Bruno DiGiulio. And welcome to our first December 2020 podcast with the works, with my friend, Ron Flatter. Ronnie. Greetings from Las Vegas. <laughs> How is it out there? Cold. We've been in the 30s. And it's, uh, I was <laughs> talking to Dwayne Colucci from The Rampart on my podcast this week. And he's one of the guys, one of the bookmakers we have on who's into horse playing as well. And I said, Dwayne, it's cold. And he says, you know, and he's originally from New York. And he says, yeah, you know, for all my friends who say we don't have seasons here. And he's going in. And I go, Dwayne, stop. You can't, you're not shoveling frost. Stop. Until you're shoveling something, you don't have seasons. So, And you've been shoveling a little bit where you are. Uh, I'm letting Joe do it. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he, his first snow experience was just hilarious. <laughs> um, but it, it's downright cold. So um, it's been in the uh, low 20s. Yeah, now and you're talking. Winter's here. Winter's coming. Mm -hmm. So, um, Ronnie, 2020 has gone by atrociously <laughs> slow. Yeah, I was going to say. I was just and going to say. We all have our. We all have our stories. We all have our complaints. Um, even Joe is complaining today. Yeah, about what? Uh, I, you know, he revolves around me doing me, me chasing him, me playing with him, me being, you know, his pet. But you know, one of my our pets are the racehorses. No, absolutely, absolutely. We've got a lot of good stuff happening in twenty twenty one. And one of them is that we can start looking at derby horses. Oh, ain't that the truth? And I've had a lot of people call me and ask me about derby and, you know, horses, if I've seen anything. Oh, his name is Ron Flatter. That's who that was. Uh, you know the guy? Uh, and... Um, I thought we'd go over a few of it more. I, I think you've got you, you. You seem to have the, the, you know, the world at your fingertips over there in Vegas. What's the scuttlebutt over there? Well, we've got a couple books here who are taking bets on Kentucky Derby futures. William Hill has been doing so since the week before the Breeders' Cup. Then Circus Sports just joined the party. So between them and then your offshores. There are 179 different two-year-olds listed in the markets for the 2021 Kentucky Derby. So there's no shortage of choices at this point. There is a question about value. And I'd love to go over some of these horses with you, especially as we look at some of the moves that the books have made, like Circa. They've added 11 horses that haven't been raced yet. And this is something that Johnny Avello used to do in his heyday before he left the win a few years ago here in Las Vegas to go to DraftKings Sportsbook. So without him and his legendary futures, 
we're really trying to recapture that past, some of which, of course, goes back to when somebody went and got 300 to 1 on Justify at $500 and cashed for $150,000 back in 2018. And everybody's looking for that all over again. So uh, the unraced horses, there's fillies now up on the board. And then, of course, you're starting with essential quality and life is good, and there are the short prices. And then it goes anywhere from 10 to 1 or even 8 to 1 all the way to 500 to 1. So there's a lot of choices in there. And just waiting to see what sort of energy comes here in Las Vegas and what sort of steam, as we like to say, is generated by anyone betting on these horses. So that's that's the snapshot. I'm just wondering if there are some horses I can run by you and see what your opinion might be on them. It's your world. I live in it. <laughs> it's your podcast. I'm living in yours. Well, and you and I have talked about some of these. Let me ask you first about one. And I, you know, we have talked in your Zoom classes about some of these horses already. And essential quality in life is good. I think everybody knows a lot about them. But what about some horses that are getting uh, some buzz here, like highly motivated, the Chad Brown horse? If you look at him right now, you're finding that there's been a lot of action in terms of betting him. And so is that a bargain right now? What's your thought as you hear about all of the talk about whether highly motivated is worth betting? And I'm just searching right now as far as his current price is concerned. We're looking at 75 to 1 at both Circa and at William Hill. Personally, I would have to get 200 to 1 on him. Really? Well, because where's the value? He's an intimate shift that's a big, heavy horse that wants sprinting. Um, Chad does just about everything really, really well, except getting horses to the Derby. Uh. Good Magic was the best horse he's had so far. And there's been some horses that I've been pointed towards as being a derby horse and I'm looking at him looking I'm looking at him physically and I'm like no shot so for me on a general level there has to be some redeeming value of a trainer showing me that he can get horses there year in and year out Baffert is one Dallas Stewart is another um, you know Brad Cox has done it with the Phillies um, Pletcher. So, I am more. I am more of a of a guy that wants that needs to see the guy getting there. What's the sense? It's like it, it, you see a lot of times horse players can be very very hip, hypocritical. They will not bet a first time starter from a barn that's one for thirty with first time starters, but they'll go put significant money on a guy that hasn't been able to get to the Derby and win it, or let alone have starters in it. Hmm. What's the difference? And Chad, when you think about him, here's a guy who's what, won four Eclipse Awards, but if you look at his Derby record, I think he's, over, what is he, 0 for 5? 5. Well, my, 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 let me just say this, and I'm going to make this very, very clear, because people take things out of context. Chad Brown does almost everything very, very well. But 
It took Baffert how many years to get there? It took Charlie Winningham how many years to get there? So it's not something that becomes natural. Oh, I've got the best horses. I'll get there. It's not about the trainer doesn't take a horse to the derby. The horse takes the trainer to the derby. And as far as, 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 as I've seen is a lot of the horses that get put into Chad Brown's barn are high-priced, high-speed-type horses and that are going to be fast horses early. And sometimes they just don't, don't turn out to be that way. So I'm not knocking Chad. I'm just saying that as myself, having to bet on the futures, I need to see more stability or the right horses taking Chad to the to the Derby. Hmm. Makes sense? It does. It does. And it goes to what you're saying about look at the horse, don't look at the trainer. You said Baffert, it took him until 1996 to get his first horse in the Derby. He won in 97 and 98 and in 02, and then he doesn't win for 13 years. People forget that. Before American Pharaoh, he had a 13-year gap between War right. Emblem and American Pharaoh. And if you look at the horses on that list, okay, Bodie Meister, pioneer of the Nile, they might have deserved better fates than they got, but looking at Lucky as well, but they didn't deliver for him for whatever reason. And then you look at the other, re look, Indian Express, sorted out, point determined, Bob and John, those aren't horses that are going to be looking at plaques at Saratoga anytime soon, you know what I mean? I mean, listen, the, 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 the road to the Triple Crown and to the Kentucky Derby is littered with really good horses. You know, and and how many horses came out of there? Groovy. I think he wanted a, a sprint, um, the Breeders' Cup sprint, didn't he? Don't remember. Anyway, but... There's always been really good horses that, that that have ended up running after the Derby. The Derby is not the end all. However, when you're betting the futures, it is. You can say, "Well, I thought he was a good horse. He ended up winning a mile, the the cigar mile later on." Shackleford, right? Mm-hmm. But, but you know what? That doesn't get you any money. It's about coming up with the right horse for the right trainer for the Derby at a price. So. Now there's going to be some interesting things that are going to happen for the Derby. There is a discussion from uh, the KHRC that they're going to put a 21-day um, uh, stop on Clenbuterol. Right. That means that this year's Derby coming up, I believe, will be no Lasix, and I will be there'll be no Clenbuterol. Not sure about the Lasix part. You may be right. I know the Preakness is looking, along with all other Maryland racing, at moving the ban on Lasix for its tracks past age two into the stakes races for three and up. So right. the trend is being established. I looked up, by the way, for Groovy, finished second in the Breeders' Cup Sprint in 87. But my, my positionist won it, right? I will uh, give that a look. 1987. It was a very good year. 1987, it was very subtle. Oh, yeah, the Mel Studi. Yeah. Yes. P-Val was riding. 
Yeah, it was Santa Anita. It was, uh, I think, Precisionist wanted at Churchill Downs in 88. Um, but Actually, no, that was Gulch. Gulch? Wow, I'm over for 2. Um, but the whole, you know, my whole uh, idea of what, of what the future should be is you can ask me what I think about a horse. That doesn't mean that horse can win the Derby, but I can tell you that horse is talented. Mm -hmm. Talented horses win the Derby, duh, right? Yeah. So, you know, it all goes into that. So fire away, Mr. Flatter, fire away. Let's fire away with some Bafferts, and I'm going to give you an unraced Baffert that costs $2.5 million at sale named Lidstrom. Hasn't gotten on the track yet, but has been very reliable in workouts 22 weeks in a row. This guy's been on the track for workouts going back to August. So what That's say you about right, Lidstrom? Right? Hmm? He's a tappet. He's a tappet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he can't run. Really? He can't run. He's very, very average. So for $2.2 whatever they cost for him, Maybe you'll win a maiden. Maybe. Do you get that from seeing that there are 22 workouts in a row without a start? Um, first of all, any horse that works 22 times and it's not a John Sheriff's and it's a Baffert, they can't run. Do you look at that and say that's a trouble sign for any horse? That's not an excuse. There's not, that's not an excuse. 22 works. 22 works tells you that the horse has been ready three times and he hasn't run them. Why? Number one, I watched the horse. He's not on the uh, very big. And two, you know, he has no stride. He's gotten a little bit better between September and now. He's gotten a little bit better. He can break a maiden somewhere. Maybe he needs to go long in the grass. Maybe he needs to do something else. But it ain't, it ain't going to be running at the Derby. He's going to get maybe some Sunland Derby, or maybe the Pomona Derby. <laughs> one of those. He's going to get attention, isn't he? Because people will see the two point five million. They'll see the Tappet. They'll see the Baffert. They'll see the Godolphin or Coolmore, whichever you, one owns him. You, when people start looking at, at you know, it's like I think only morons look at auction prices. And try to tell you how much they know. That's my that's my that's my opinion. There's there's your comment for the for the for the podcast. Only morons make decisions like that on auction prices. You've heard it happen a lot, haven't you? Oh, it's ridiculous. Hmm. You know, it's ridiculous. Because as soon as that horse the hammer comes down. And the owner and the person that bought him pays his bill. And that horse gets the track. You throw that price bag out the window. It's like when you buy a car. What happens when you drive off the lot? The value of the car drops precipitously. Exactly. Until they work and they perform, they're not worth a plug nickel. In fact, you have to pay them. Interesting. What about horses that have had an interrupted work schedule? For like, like let's say, a Casadero. 
There's a horse that's 60 to 1 at Circa, 75 to 1 at William Hill with Steve Asmussen training him. His first two starts were really impressive. His Bashford Manor win, the one thing I noticed, he washed out really bad in that race. He still ran big. He got to Saratoga and was working in company with Jackie's Warrior, and Jackie's Warrior dusted him. Hmm. And there was obviously something wrong. He was sent to Root and Riddle, and where they believed he had uh, some sort of Heinen injury, where it was a fracture um, in the Heinen. He has gone through uh, his recovery and rehab, and he is back with Steve Asmussen at Fairgrounds. Are you scared off by the injury? I wasn't scared of him when he was 100%. Mm. He's okay. I just don't know if he wants to go that far. And by the way, I believe in history. Can you tell me the last horse that won the Bashford Manor that actually ended up being anything? No. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to throw a name at you. Okay. In 2019, Phantom Boss. I'll bet you you'll never even know. You'll never be able to guess the trainer's name. Phantom Boss? Phantom Boss. I'll venture. Uh, I'll, I'll Since you phrased it that way, I'll say somebody like Ian Wilkes. Not even close. Okay. Hey, Parabon from California. Who? Or hey, Parabon. Hmm. Yeah, I, you could. 2018, I, it was Sir Troubadour for Steve Asmussen. Mm -hmm. Who? <laughs> 2017, 10 City, the late 10 City. Yeah. Well, here's a name 2016 was Classic Empire. But in 2015, it was coming in hot. Oh. 2014 was Cinco Charlie. Here's a, a name that everybody knows. In 2013, it was Debt Ceiling. 2012, Circle on Broken. Cantheros is one of the decent sires, you know, and he's there. He, he won it in 2010. So my whole point is. You can go down this list, and most, and, and the only one any near any out, any of them any good, Classic Empire. Well, that goes to show you some of these races that people try to use as a litmus paper, or a guidepost, or whatever you want to call it, for going forward. What are you really looking at? Well, I, yeah, let's talk about the hopeful. The, the hopeful is the next step, right? Okay. Everybody looks forward for the hopeful. In 2019, it was Basin. Mm -hmm. In 2018, it was Mind Control. In 2017, it was Sporting Chance. In 2016, it was Practical Joke. In 2015, it was Rallis. 2014, it was Competitive Edge. 2013, Strong Mandate. And you can go down the list. Horses like Currency Swap. 
Shanghai Bobby, Boys at Tescanova, Dublin. All of those horses, what do they have in common? They never stretched out, ever. Practical joke won at a mile, one turn mile. Sporty Chance kept taking right hand turns. I mean, it's the history of what we look at. A lot of people do not look at the history of a race. They don't even pay attention to it. They don't even, they wouldn't be able to tell you who has won those kind of races. So to me, I, I, when I look at history and when I said earlier, I need to have some historical background on, on a guy being able to get there. Now, there's probably trainers that can do a great job getting to the hopeful, like Doc Fletcher, like Steve Asmussen. Um, and then there's trainers who, who are really good at getting horses to the derby. And for you to cash your ticket in the future book, you have to have a trainer that is known to get that horse to the Kentucky Derby. Like I, 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 I teased that earlier. You're not willing to bet on a, on a trainer who's one for 30 with first-time starters, but you're willing to bet on a trainer in the futures six months in advance on a guy that can't get a horse to the Derby. That's great context. That's great context. You have a stat that you've mentioned before. You talked about the hopeful. The last time a horse broke his maiden in New York on the dirt to win the Derby. At Saratoga. It's who, at Saratoga, who right, at Saratoga. Court, right. Mm -hmm. Who was the last colt male okay. to break his maiden on the Saratoga main track and win the Kentucky Derby? I remember the era when the answer was, I don't remember the specific answer, but it's a long time ago. In 2021, it will mark the 50-year anniversary. Ryber Ridge broke his maiden in a stakes race on the main track at Saratoga for Lucian Lauren. Now, in 1987, winning colors of Philly, Broker maiden at Saratoga and went on to win the Derby. And Big Brown broke his maiden on the turf course for Pat Reynolds going two turns to win the Kentucky Derby. But a Colt on the dirt at Saratoga, 2021 will mark the 50th year anniversary of Briber Ridge doing it. That's amazing. Have to do it. And that's a great stat. Just remember that. Just let that sear in your mind so that if you're going to get all hopped up about the Remsen this weekend and think you're going to have a derby winner coming out of there. Think again, right? And did you look at that Remsen field? It's hard to miss memorizing it practically, all five of them. Right. But let's look at the Remsen from an historical standpoint. Last year was Shotsky. I don't know where Shotsky is now. In 2018, Maximus, Maximus Mischiefs lasted one start, got beaten a holy bowl, was never seen again. Now he's a stallion. In 2017 was Catholic Boy. In 2016, Motown. 
In 2015, met Mohamed. I don't think Mohamed ever won it. Well, he did. He won the Holy Bowl, right? And then I think he won. I think he went into the Florida Derby and got his head torn off by Nyquist. But he never ended up winning again. You'll never figure out the 2014 one. 2014. I was. I would have been there. So I got to try and remember. <laughs> 2014. It was Chad Brown. It was a Chad was in 2014. Who was it? Leave the light on. Wow. Oh. Nope, wouldn't have gotten that. You know the last time a Remsen winner won the Derby? No, oh, jeez, how far back we got to go. 1996 Derby, 1995 Remsen. Thunder Gulch. Uh Correct. It was 1994, by by the way. Oh, so you're right. I'm sorry. 94 and 95. And then the year before that, Gopher. I don't mean to correct you. Just... No, that's fine. I'd rather be right and look bad than be wrong and look good. Uh, 1994. And, and, and by the way, and by the way, that was a there was a a streak. Um, I had a streak. That 1994 was Thunder Gulch. 1993 was Gopher Jan. Correct. Yeah, two years in a row, the Remsen winner won the Derby, but you got to go back to 81 before that, and then you go all the way back to 1964. Okay. So the Remsen is not a race that you want to sit there and think it's a key race. Isn't this the point that the better horses are already off to Florida? Um, no, not yet. They're they're getting out ready. Okay. All right. Let me give you another, another two-year-old that is by a name trainer or is carrying a name trainer. Smiley Sabatka. I've heard a lot about Smiley. <laughs> That horse. He ran really well. He got beat by Keep Me in Mind in the Jockey Club. Dale and Romans. Did all the dirty work. Dale Romans, 70 to 1 at Circa, 75 to 1 at William Hill. And again, a trainer who has never won the Kentucky Derby. That he'll be the greatest horse he ever trained. <laughs> Is that what he told you? <laughs> no. No. But, you know, freak. You know, um, I had a discussion one time with Jake up in the gold room. I think it was a, a, a year that they had to, like an unbridled song, horse that ran three times, it was done. And he told me, he goes, they're both going to make the derby. I'm going to win them with both. I said, Jake, how are you going to win it both? They're going to split the derby? I'm going to win the derby with both of them. Did he? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what's in that drink you're having? You love Dale. Dale's great for the game. I love Oh, He's the best. He There's nobody better to hang around with, nobody better to have on an interview. He's one of the greatest ambassadors this sport has. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely is. It's just that, you know, sometimes you just got to know bullshit when you smell it. <laughs> you know? Uh, and that's just necessarily from him. It's a lot in the game. Oh, sure. It's just, you know. 
you know, there we go again with, you know, with the, uh, you know, there's a lot of um, Mr. Haney's in, in game. Yes, I, Mr. Douglas. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Haney. You know, Mr. Douglas, I got a bona fide grade one imitation stud for you. He's a gelding, but don't matter. He's still a stud. <laughs> Mr. Haney was my favorite character on Green Acres. There's a lot of those. Pat Buttram. Yeah. Good friend of Gene Autry. A lot of those guys in the game. A lot of them. And sometimes you just got to go, you know what? Bless your heart. You know, you're great for the game. You you, you you get people laughing, and you do a talk a lot. And, and Dale Romans, you know, God bless him. He, he's got the energy to be able to talk to anybody and everybody. Loves to hold in court. It's great for the game. I mm -hmm. wish you could do that with him five days a week, put him on a radio show, television show, and just let him go. Mm-hmm. You know? So... Speaking so what, of, what else you got for me? Speaking of Dale, this brings us to the idea that Circus Sports put four fillies, the four of the top five finishers in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, onto the board at 300 to 1, 400 to 1, 500 to 1. Dale's got one. Girl Daddy, Princess Noor, the favorite Saturday in the Starlet for Baffert coming off the disappointment in the Breeders' Cup. Princess Noor at long odds, I think 500. But you're looking at a question of whether they even get to the gate, and there hasn't been a Philly in the Derby since 2010. Well, she's not the best in the division. What, what is she on the board? Uh, Girl Daddy is 400. Yeah, no, Girl Daddy ain't going to get there. Uh, Vequist yeah. uh, won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies 300 to 1. That's the shortest price of any... Philly on the board. Well, what's Princess Noor? Princess Noor, I think it's 500. Yeah. I mean, she didn't even win. She's not even the best. So, Day at the Office is not going to go to distance, you know? And Day so, at the Office is on the board at 400. Yeah. You know, but people will find that value. Well, sorry, pal. You know, you wasted your money because there is no value there. They don't have a shot. Again, you don't bet on a one for thirty maiden first time starter trainer, but you're gonna bet four hundred dollars on a horse that's not even getting it in the race. No, you're gonna bet at four hundred to one odds for a horse that's not even gonna get in the race. And to me that's ridiculous. Hypocrisy. What about for trainers who really don't have a name, but the horse might be good? And I'll bring up a horse like Cajun Commander. For Michael Yates, and he's caught. No way. But he's, and here's what I want to bring up here. He's 100 to 1, 150 to 1. You say, well, those are long odds. Well, not really. If you look at, we're talking about horses 200, 300, 400, and you're no, seeing 150 to 1. Why Why would anybody go near that horse? They don't, because again, they would not bet on a 1 for 30 uh, trainer with first time starters, but they would bet that because it's 100 to 1. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, I, I, I've seen handicappers come up with it. You know, there's so many loonies out there from Let It Ride. Yeah, oh, sure. Oh, yeah, what a film, too. Okay. I mean, you, you want to you know, talk about that? How many loonies are out there? 
Oh, you, you know, can't with, swing a dead cat without hitting one. I, I mean, I, some of the comments. If you listen, if you, I watched Later Ride the other night, and first of all, I find I find a lot of people that I've known to have a lot of loony in them. And you know, and David Johansson is a fantastic, fantastic. He was great. He's a great singer for the uh, for the New York Dolls. I got to see him in concert live. He opened up for uh, uh, for John Cougar Mellencamp. But here's one of the quotes, and I've had some of my own friends say this. I'm sure glad I didn't bet. I go, what do you mean you didn't bet? That was. I told you, 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 you can bet all you want. Oh, I would have a heart attack. The other one is, it was one that's absolutely classic. And it's typical loony about not, not betting a particular horse. Because if he would have bet, he would have lost. That's what, after the race. Uh, mm -hmm. If I would have bet, I would have lost. How many times you hear that? Oh, I've said it, Bruno. I've said it. So, oh, I know you. That's right. You did say it. Mm -hmm. You did say it. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> Didn't mean to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Well, which which of many times <laughs> have you could you identify that? You we need to work on your confidence. Oh, well, aren't we doing that every week? We're trying to. We're trying to. I mean, one of my favorite lines is um, from Let It Ride, was one of the guys goes, Eight is the one. I'd stake my life on it." <laughs> yeah. And. Trotter turns around and says, they got a $2 minimum bet at the windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many guys do you know that, that say that stuff? You know? That I don't say. <laughs> that I don't say. I will not cop to that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I got uh, one more horse I want to bring up to you before we slide over to the Cigar Mile. Uh, yeah. And this is a buzz horse. This is a buzz horse. Brad Cox trains him. We know about essential quality, but this is another one from his barn. Just won the other day on the undercard of the Kentucky Jockey Club, and that's Mandaloon. Is now 75 to 1 at William Hill. Had been as much as, I think, 120, 125. Now 75 to 1, 50 to 1 at Circa. Well, uh, I need to see more there. I really do. I, I I just don't I just don't believe in that horse yet. Do something that I need to you know, do something. You know, do something coming up soon. You know, and I, I just I just feel that I thought he's, is, is, I think he's, I, I think, didn't he win um, a mile race one turn? 
the uh, race the other day, that was yeah. that was seven furlongs. Okay. He needs to show me something around two turns. I'm not sure he wants to do two turns. Right. By into mischief. Right. Uh, six furlongs broke his maiden before that, heavily bet. So he wanted it at uh, seven and a half distance. He went on the beard course at about distance at um, at Keeneland. Judmont homebred, for what it's worth. Yeah. Empire maker broodmare. So that's the that's the skinny on him. Brad Cox, a trainer who's never won the Derby, but a young trainer. So how do you equate that against what we've said about trainers that haven't won? Well, we're looking. We're gonna, I mean, look at what Brad's done lately. You know, he's been able. You know, he with Monomoy Girl. Um, what he's been able to do with Essential Quality. What he's been able to do with Nixco. What he's been able to do with uh, Owendale. Um, I ran second in the Preakness with Owendale. With a little luck, he wins it. Um, I, I feel like I had a good handle on on Brad. As far as, you know, I, I can, he gets horses to where he needs to get them to go. And he doesn't get all those, he doesn't get the top quality horses. He's just starting to get the good Dolphins and he's getting some of the bigger owners over there. So he's, I mean, he's got some good horses. Uh, Sunpath is one that's a really nice horse uh, that he has. And, um, and I can tell you a little bit about Sunpath that I've seen. Um, but he's a guy that he can definitely develop them, and he's done it. And Sunpath is a uh, Munnings out of Touch the Star to Philly. I think she's more of an Oaks Philly. Um, she won um, on November 8th, and she wants to go along. She's related to Bonnie South. And look at the work he did with She Dares the Devil. You know, some trainers need, like, for example, Baffert is not very good when he gets horses from somebody else. He did it with War Emblem, but his record with getting horses from other people is not as good. But when he gets horses, he has the chance to develop them on his own. Um, certain trainers, like Richard Mandela, does fantastic when he gets horses from other people. So is Bill Mott. Fletcher. Fletcher is very good at developing on, on his own. Mott doesn't get there enough for me. Even though he wanted with Country House. Go down in history as the worst Kentucky Derby winner ever. Um, Worse than Mind That Bird? Well, Mind That Bird actually won the freaking race. You know? And then never again. Did run second to Rachel in a phenomenal performance. True, you know. So I, I, I look at horses the way they run. I, I look at horses and their performances they put, not whether they finish first or second. Too many people look at who. It's like you look at on social media. It's all about who won. Well, what you know, and a lot of people just forget about the horses who run second and third. They don't even care. They don't even watch. They watch the last eighth of a mile, which you know, and then they they tell you how great the horse ran. Um, but that's just in, in the world we are here today. Um, I think in, in 10 years ago, or even five years ago, people paid more attention to the entire race, not just the stretch run. 
And I'll bring the stat up again that I brought up, I think, here before. I think it bears repeating. Nine of the last 12 Kentucky Derby winners lost at some point in their two-year-old season, and the 10th one that didn't have a win in his two-year-old season didn't race as a two-year-old. That would be justified. So 10 of the last 12 Derby winners had either a loss or did not win in their two-year-old seasons. Hey, what was the... um what was the end? Uh, what was the end uh, of the uh, of the CHRB decision on Justify? Oh, I you know I've lost such track of that. Have they finished with that yet? I thought they did, Maybe. but there's there's so many. Anyway, um, <laughs> I've lost complete track. I've some of these meetings one blurs into another, blurs into another. I so. was um, not to change the subject, but. Um, well, it's kind of justified that I would change the subject, you know, going to something more recent. Uh, the card at Aqueduct seems to be a decent card. There's a really good maiden race in the first race. Saturday? Um, yeah, on Saturday. There's a horse that I don't know if he's on your list, but it's a Juan Carlos Avila named King of Dreams. It's owned by the same connections as um, a King Guillermo that's running in the Cigar Mile. Not on, not on the futures board right now. Doesn't mean you know, if you walk into Circa and you say, I want a price, they'll give you one. That horse is interesting. Been training very, very well at, at Allstream, man. According to they, 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 they think that the horse is a real deal. And Jose Ortiz rides him. It's a first race on Remsen card, uh, Cigar Mile card on Saturday. It's definitely a race I'll be watching. You know, and that's what I do. I, I really kind of like zero in on certain races I want to see. And then I can get my other stuff down in between. Uh, but that card looks really interesting. The Demoiselle looks good. The Cigar Mile looks great. The whole card is actually decent. The short field and the Remsen um, bothers me a little bit, but it's a race I'm probably going to watch. There's an interesting horse in the Remsen. His name is Erewhon. And mm -hmm. it's trained by Jose Corrales. And it has been written by, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, ruin the way that I pronounce this jockey's name, Tyus Liapustina. No, you nailed it. And I watched both of his races. This horse debuted on November eighth, and I thought his race was really good. And first time out in one turn mile, in a made special. Second time out, ran an, an optional claimer. They brought him back in two weeks. <laughs> Which they're doing again. Dope. They're doing it again, Bruno. <laughs> I know. They're running them three times inside of a month. I'm going to watch the race. I want to see how this horse runs because he's a no-bred Rockhampton. It's the sire out of a mare called Recompensa. I thought he was going nowhere, being far, far back around two turns, and just started to pick him up. He got in a little trouble. His full brother is also a major router. He won three out of 13 routing. He only earned 45000 He isn't much. But Erewhon has got absolutely no pedigree. Now, people are going to say... Who the heck is Rockhampton? 
let's pull him up. Let's see, find out who Rockhampton is. Well, I, I, he looks like a sprinter based on his average wind distance of six and a half furlongs. Well, yeah, you find him a lot of them running in. Um, you find a lot of them running in Gulfstream. So Rockhampton is by Stormcat. And 2004 racehorse. And so there's a lot of dirt there. I've seen a lot of them run. I've seen a lot of them run in um, a golf string. And the mayor was out of uh, Mr. It was a Mr. Prospector mayor. What's interesting is the mayor was actually half to a number of decent horses like Royal Assault by Chris S. Was a two-time um, was a Group One place, Grade One place, uh, Router, um, King Island. I mean, some horses that were hard hitting. A stallion named Baccaro by Forty Nine er that you see as a couple of D Wayne Lucas horses uh, by Baccaro. So there is some pedigree there, but it's not a household name. So I'm very interested to see. I'm not betting on them, and I'm not going to pick them. I want to see how that horse runs yeah. for its third race in a month. I, it's interesting, too, when you look at him, and I'm looking at a Brisnet PP, where you see the Kieran speed points, and he's got an EP4, and I'm like, where are they getting that? Because this horse broke and was six and a half lengths off the lead in his maiden and wound up winning. And then his last time out two weeks ago ends up being his ninth at the first call, 13 lengths behind, and gets up finishing fourth, promoted to third, but was only a half length back. That, that looks like a stone cold closer to me. I don't know about you. That looks like a closer. Who? Uh, Arrow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. The EP four. They're 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 crazy. But but I, I don't look at that. I don't. But I trust my eyes instead of notations like that. Now. A mile and uh, the Remsen is a mile and an eighth, right? Mm -hmm. At Aqueduct. Yep. That's two turns. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'm very interested to see how that horse runs. Yeah. Got Manny Franco on, which is a huge upgrade. And it, it, it adds a little bit of a flair. When you can say, hey, Mr. Corrales has got a derby horse, you know, you know, little guys do better in derby than big guys, unless your name is Baffert. Right. So high price tags don't usually win the derby. Seattle Slough, real quiet. Secretariat was one on a, on a uh, coin toss. Actually lost on a coin lost toss. Lost a coin toss, right. So, the Derby, you look at it down the list. California Chrome, I'll have another. Um, you go down that list, you know, you, of all the winners, probably a handful costs a lot of money. So, money doesn't buy you a Derby horse. And so, this weekend's going to be interesting. You got the Claiming Crown. Oh, did you, did you want to bring up the Cigar Mile? I'm going to leave that for the play, for our for our players. Okay. I like a horse in there a lot. 
So I will are, ask you one thing though that doesn't have you tipping your hand necessarily. If it rains, Kelly Breen told me on my podcast that Forensic Fire may come out of the race. I don't think he can go that far anyway. I don't okay. think he's great on quality going that far. Okay. Just wanted to run that by you. Yeah. Good day. Uh, and it's my role here to ask you, so if you want more information about the Cigar Mile and what Bruno thinks about it, how do we find that? They can go to racingwithbruno.com. I'm already working on the card. Uh, I've done with Fridays. We will post those shortly. So I can go and start getting into the uh, the cards that lost Sal. We're going to have Fairgrounds. going to have a big weekend. Uh, we've got, um, actually, the, you know, the, the Ramson card at Aqueduct. We're gonna have the uh, we're gonna have uh, the the Gulfstream Park Claiming Crown will be a big day, so we got a lot of stuff going on. Big weekend, indeed. Oh, we were talking about horses coming back off two weeks. How about Majestic Dunhill and the Cigar Mile coming back basically in a week? You know, when they're that old, you know, when they they're they're running consistently, I don't mind that. Because they're strong. I don't like it when they're young horses like uh, Erewhon. Okay. It's like asking your little league pitcher for 12 and 14-year-olds to go the distance of seven innings in one game and come back and pitch again two days later. Yeah. This is a five-year-old gelding coming back in six days. That's I mean, that's... I mean, it should be nothing for him. Okay. Well, he didn't do much in the last race, so he didn't really expend much other than at the gate. They ran furlongs, didn't they? What was that? They ran him at six furlongs that day, didn't they? Ran him at six. He had some gate issues and yeah, never really never, was in the race. First time he ever ran at six. Is that right? He can't get that oh. distance. Okay. He needs to go longer. And they've been force-feeding him seven furlongs. So I'm wondering also if they had Vacoma penciled in and Vacoma's done. Well, that's right. George Weaver's barn, obviously. So Right. But okay. this weekend should be a fun weekend. Yeah, I interrupted you as you were going to talk about the Claiming Crown card at Gulfstream. Oh, I that's always a really fun card to play. So I'll be diving into that. That's for sure. Um, we'll have some fun this weekend. Great weekend. I'm looking forward to it. This time I'll try and stay awake. Last weekend I, I forgot to wake up. <laughs> if I had bet it, Bruno. If I'd have been awake, I would have bet it, Bruno. You would have won. Yeah. If I would have. Yeah. If I would have. If I had bet, I would have won, Bruno. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank God I, I didn't bet the race. Why? I, I would have had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite one. Oh, if I bet that horse, he loses a photo. <laughs> People don't realize that they carry that into their own gambling and they talk themselves off of horses by that particular mentality. Bruno, I've done it not only with horses, I've done it in sports. Stop doing it. I know. I know. What was the line from, from Laurel and Hardy? I used to be stupid, but I'm all better now. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that moment myself. Ah, you'll get better. Yeah. 
you just you just got to break you know not you but everybody we have to break our i'll tell you a story i had today i'll tell you a story i'm watching fairgrounds and in the first race i'm watching the paddock and the post parade and i thought the two horse in the arch for brad cox looked fantastic okay so mm -hmm. i'm looking at my sheet and we've got basically the favorites and I'm looking at this two horse. I said, you know what? I'm going to do what I do sometimes is I'm going to play smaller exactters with the horses that we have on the sheet. And then I'm going to play bigger exactors with all the long price horses just on a, on a whim. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I pay attention to the warm up. 99 out of a hundred horses that I see that on. Don't run. Horses looked horrible. Warming up. Mm -hmm. Just horrible. Wasn't striding out. You know, like, what the heck? I said, at four to five, at even money, ah, I'm off. Right? Mm -hmm. A horse wins by five. And the 42 to one shot runs second. Mm. Now, I could have gotten upset. I could have got all stupid of me of doing it. But in reality, I'm going to do make that decision 99 out of 100 times and be right. Okay. That's fair. Because, yeah. You know, but you get with a bunch of people. I remember when five years ago, you didn't like that horse warming up and oh. he ended up winning. You get yeah. that. My mom, my late mother used to do that to me. We played a pick six way back in 1985. We're at the track all together. I used five out of six horses in the first leg, and I got beat by D. Wayne Lucas' well-bred horse, the only horse I didn't have. We hit five out of six. We walked all walked out of there with $500 in our pocket, right? Right. My brothers, my bad, my mom. We made money that day. The only thing they remember is I used five out of the six horses, and I didn't win. Yeah, right. I never lived that down. When I see my mom in heaven again, that's the first thing she's going to say to me. Families will do that to you, man. They will. Not only family, friends. People you oh. play the horses with. Especially people that don't want to see you win. When I used to be on the Roger Stein show, mm -hmm. I had one weekend where I hit I had four picks on a weekend. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday. I hit three out of the four were $20 horses. The fourth one then hit the board. Right. Next weekend, guy comes, stands next to me. Oh, God. Smiling. Hey, what a great weekend you had last weekend. Three out of four, three $20 horses. Wow. What a great weekend. Hey. <clears throat> that was a little cussing. I bet mm -hmm. the fourth one. What are you going to do? And, and the level of disingenuous approach that he did to me only deserved the comment I gave him. I patted him on the back with a big smile on my face, and I said, well, Jimbo. Oh, did I say his name? Oh, sorry. Uh, Jimbo. <laughs> I will always, always 
strive to give you that fourth horse. <laughs> horse players. Amal Bobby? Shah at VSIN has a line for people who come up to him and go, yeah, I really love that pick you gave. Spun winner that was. And Amal will look at them and go, tell me, do you know anyone who's undefeated? Because let me know and I'll quit doing picks and I'll follow them. But you, you tell me, if you want somebody who's undefeated, go, go with them. I'm not undefeated. Take your shot. You know, you know it's love them and, or hate them. You, 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 you know, it's like you can't live with them and you can't live without them. Handicappers are my favorite people. They also can fuel me to, 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 to try to do even a stand-up comedy routine. Right? Like, for example, how many times have you seen a couple of your friends standing around? I had the three with the four, the four with the five, the three with the five, the three with the seven. I don't have the three with the six. I'm an idiot. I, what am I doing? I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm an idiot. And the friend standing next to him goes, what do you like in the next? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, how many people you know do that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, everybody. <laughs> or the guy that hammers on you for a month, I need a good one. Give me one good one. Give me one good one. Oh, one come on. One. You never give me a good one. So one day you walk by and you say, I got a good one for you. The fourth race, the three. He flips in his program, opens up his form, but I heard the four. <laughs> I said, you're right. You bet the four. Yeah. Go right ahead. You know, some people just can't get away from themselves. Yeah. I've yeah. told the stories a million times of the guy that I used to always find to give him my selections because I loved him as a brother, but I knew he never would cash a ticket. In my life, I never met somebody that you could give them good information all the time and never could make it work. So, we'll leave you with this. Make it work. Get more from Bruno by going to RacingWithBruno.com. This has been the Racing with Bruno podcast.